Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, back and better than ever here for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast and welcoming back Bill Pulte from ESU3, I think third time on the podcast? Yeah, I think it is the third time. <laughs> uh, it'll be a charm for sure as we get a chance today to talk a little bit about EduRome and some of the things that are going on with this program at the state level. And so, Bill, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, no problem. And for people like me who really don't know very much about EduRome at all, can you kind of set a little backstory here? Give us the context for our conversation today, and we'll just kind of let it play out from there. Sure. Yeah, Edgerome is kind of exciting. It started in the state of Nebraska uh, at the university level. Uh, the universities bought into the Edgerome system, which is a paid system that provides wireless access for students or an SSID on wireless networks for students and staff members. So the university has been doing this for several years. And I think what's exciting is the state of Nebraska applied to be an Edgerome state maybe three years ago. And there were six states that applied, and we were one of the two or three that were chosen to do this. And so the state at that point agreed to pay for a three-year contract for every single public school district to be on this system. And so we've been working for the last year now to try to um, build up excitement around the state, kind of tell the story of Edgerome, and then try to get districts signed up and to be a part of this project. Okay. And so now, I mean, the question, the next logical question has got to be, so what does it do? What are we, <laughs> what are we signing up for here with this opportunity? Yeah. So when you uh, think of it uh, for a teacher who's joining a wireless network, when they go into their school, they might join BPS wireless, right? And that's the wireless they're on. And that's probably secure because the district knows about their credentials, knows about their laptop, knows about all that kind of stuff. So it is a secure wireless connection, but they now take that laptop and they go over to scooters and they join a Wi-Fi network over there that is unsecure. Well, the idea here is that instead of joining BPS wireless, you would join Edgerome wireless at the district. But every district in the state could have this Edgerome and every university already has it. And it's not just universities and schools here. All of Utah is using it. Every Big Ten university in the country is using it. So you, it's no longer about being handcuffed to your building. You're now able to move around, not just within the state, but within the country and have a secure connection. So that's kind of the idea, the broad kind of idea behind this. And there are two parts to it. There's the identity management, which says, hey, this person, Bill Pulte, is allowed to be on this wireless network. And then there's also the service provider connection, which is free. So anybody could sign up to be a service provider. So the thought down the road is, you know, in communities that maybe don't have public Wi-Fi or some of those types of things, you could partner. In fact, I know of an ESU that is partnered with the pizza shop in town, and they're now a service provider. Students go there after school every day and kind of hang out, but now they get their laptops out and they can join the wireless and they're doing it in a secure manner. The pizza shop owner has built-in clients that are coming in to buy pizza and pop and whatever else, but the students now have a secure place to connect and do homework and do those types of things as well. Yeah, without those kind of opportunities, and that's, so this is part of what this is addressing, right, uh, is that those students might not have access at home or 
at all outside of their their school hours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's one of the big things is, especially if you think in rural communities, that pizza shop, they might not have any internet access at home, but that pizza shop in town does have access. And so they can go to that pizza shop afterwards. Um, we'd like to partner with all the libraries across the state. You know, there are a lot of partnerships that we see uh, having potential. One of the ones I'm most proud of is our partnership with Allo. So Allo provides free Wi-Fi in certain areas. For instance, the, the homeless shelters in Lincoln, they provide free access there. And when we approached them about this, we said, hey, we've got this. And they said, oh, we're just going to put this anywhere we provide free access. We're just going to put the Edge Your Own Network. And at first I thought, well, we don't need it at a homeless shelter. And then somebody said to me, you know, you don't realize how many students are leaving a school building and aren't going to a home, are going to a shelter, are going to, you know, and they may have a laptop, but they had no way of doing homework previously. And so what good's a Chromebook or something if you don't have uh, internet access to? And so those partnerships, the partnership with Allo, um, I have a meeting next week with Cox to talk about partnerships in Omaha as well. But those partnerships are what make this so powerful. And so with that, then I guess speak to the security portion a little bit more uh, with this. And so I, I understand, okay, maybe I end up going to the homeless shelter, as you said, or the pizza shop and, and I can log on and, and it's secure. Secure from what kind of threats, I guess, are we most concerned about? Yeah. So a lot of times I'm less concerned about security when it comes to students, although I am concerned about that, but they, the students, a lot of times aren't getting into a finance system, aren't doing those types of things with their laptop. Although they are checking email. I mean, there, that is a position where they could potentially have some security risks, but the thing that's important to remember is this is staff as well. One of the things that I was real proud of that the group did is before administrator days in Kearney last July, we reached out to the Young's Conference Center and they agreed to be a service provider. And here's why I think that was so important. Before that, the Young's Conference Center just had an open wireless network and anybody could join. There was no password. Anybody just jumped on and could be on there. So if you think of a, a superintendent who's getting on and now has to approve POs and he's on a guest Wi-Fi network, What's going to stop any random person from also being on that guest Wi-Fi network and sniffing credentials from that superintendent? And now that bad actor has the credentials for the superintendent's access. So for me, that's, that is where security, uh, it was just kind of like a aha moment for me last July when the Jans Conference Center agreed to do this because you just jump on, you know, our superintendent if he was connected to Edge Jerome and ESU3, he went into Younds and his laptop just connected right away. There was nothing else he had to do. And his username and password were stored there and it created a more secure connection for him. Well, and with all that sounding really amazing, what would be the next step for a school or a district or what's the onboarding process uh, for people that might be interested in helping to support Edge Jerome as an initiative or, or get to where their school set up for that? Yeah, so we've got a website that's been put up by NDE, uh, ConnectEd Nebraska, and we can send that out as well. And you can just go sign up. So teachers can go sign up, principals can go sign up. Anybody, in fact, there's a place where parents can say, hey, we, we want our district to do this. 
And if you do that, it goes down to the state. The state requires uh, the superintendent to sign off on this. So if interest is shown anywhere in the district, the superintendent will be notified. And then once the superintendent signs off, it's just a matter of getting the connections made. The one tricky part that we run into at ESU is you do have to have a radius server for credentials set up on the back end. Several of our districts have radius servers, but we also have several that don't have radius servers. So if you have a radius server, this is something that within a few hours could be done. If you don't have a radius server, then you can work with your ESU or any other third-party vendors you might work with to get a radius server set up for your network. But that's kind of the process. It can be a very quick process. Last I heard we had, and I haven't been on a call in a couple of weeks, but last I heard we had 55 districts across the state who were members of this. And, and again, my goal is to have every single district in the state signed up on this, just because I see the, the potential of this project comes when you have more involvement. And, and so getting the involvement is the critical piece right now. Well, and I would imagine that the more school districts that are doing this would also lead to more businesses being willing to take on the added time, effort, and responsibility of setting it up to where those servers would all, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I had this conversation with Millard Public Schools, and I said, you know, you're a pretty big fish, Millard. It's, it's a lot easier for me to go to Hy-Vee or Scooter or some of these other locations and ask them to be a service provider if they know that there's potential for all Millard students to be in their locations, their place of business. We get that power through membership. And so the more districts we can have sign up, I think the more powerful this will be. Wow. I guess what I would say at this point too, like, what am I not asking? I feel like you were talking about like radius servers are earlier. And I, and that's a term that's even new to me, right? I was like, Oh, I think I kind of get what that means, but uh, being pretty green to this conversation. Yeah. What else am I not asking that we should talk about? No, I think that's a great point. Maybe I should back up just a little bit. So, you know, we're used to home wireless where you put a password on the wireless and you type the password in. It's a pre-shared key of some sort. Well, the idea behind Radius is that you've got an authentication method in the background. And so what you do is you get your wireless set up and then you set up this Radius authentication, which essentially just connects to Active Directory on the back end or Google or you know whatever you're using for authentication. So when the wireless comes through, it hits the Radius server and it just says, hey, Active Directory, is this our person on our network? Does, does this person have the right credentials? And if you do, then it gives you access. And if you don't, then you don't have access. So it's basically saying you have to be inside the Edgerome IDP to have access to the to the wireless network. I'm gonna make probably a silly comparison here, but is this kind of like when I go to a hotel, I have to enter my room number and my last name, and then it knows who I am, but I can't do that if I go three blocks down the street. Right. right? Like it only happens within the hotel. No, I think that's a that's a great analogy because okay. you don't have to go back very far. If you go back five, six, seven years, most hotels I was staying at gave you a room key and then just said, hey, the Wi-Fi password is this. Yeah, so they like, who, yeah, they didn't have any idea who was jumping on the Wi-Fi. And if I checked out of the hotel, I still had access to the Wi-Fi. And so what they're doing now, what hotels are doing now is, is the same the same type of thing. They're saying if you're not staying in the hotel, if you're not in this list of and then once you check out, you're no longer in the list. So you no longer have access. So I think that's a, a, a great way of looking at it. 
Cool. And so Ed, you're, I mean, you just, you don't check out so long as you're in an educational institution across the state or in one of the service provider organizations like businesses. Yep, absolutely. So the other thing then is with the universities and, and we'd love to see more colleges, the idea behind not just K-12 students, but what about college students? You know, we have college students that come into our districts all the time for student teaching, for a lot of different things. And the idea that now they can come into our buildings and you've unburdened the tech department a little bit because they don't have to worry about, well, does this person need on the private network? What do they need? Instead, you're just saying, yep, they're going to use the same credentials they used when they left UNL. And that's all they, that's all they have to worry about. So the flexibility, I think, is kind of a key component as well. Well, that sounds like this is just a terrific kind of no-brainer solution for folks as long as we can get more and more people invested in this and for it to continue to grow. We kind of a shorter podcast here today, I guess, but what would you add to the conversation that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, I would just say that if you're a tech person and you have more questions, check out the website. If you're a teacher and you think, oh, we could, we could definitely use this, I could see the application, I would say talk to your tech department. We've been doing a lot of demos and uh, kind of just some talking sessions across the state with this, um, but sometimes it's hard. And, and I'm going to be honest, I, I'm guilty of this. Two years ago, when this was brought up, I said, I don't see the potential. I just don't see why this is important, but I volunteered to be on the steering committee because I just saw this was something the state had purchased and it was going to be something that we were going to be getting no matter what. So I want to be out in front of that. And then as I've served on the steering committee, I've just been kind of taken back by how much potential there is for several of these things that we've talked about. So that would be my message is if you've got a tech department who's thinking, well, this wouldn't apply to us, or I just don't see how we would use this. I would encourage them to reach out. They could reach out to me or they could reach out via the website and start having those conversations because I think there are a lot of pros to this from a student perspective, as we talked about, but also from a staff perspective that I just brought up. So, Well, and if you have any interest in going back and listening to uh, either of the two conversations that Bill and I've had previously about cybersecurity, uh, I think that would certainly tie into a little bit of the why here as well for maybe jumping on to edgy realm and just enhancing, particularly for staff, it sounds like, right? And for administrators. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's a great, great starting point. Well, Bill, thank you so much uh, for always being willing to jump on here to give us uh, these updates on what we should be thinking about really across the state when it comes to tech and cybersecurity. And in this case, with EduRoom's ability to help us with some of those things. And good luck as you continue to, to build towards that, hopefully, what, 244 <laughs> with this state. Uh, and we look forward to having you back on the pod again sometime soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you very much, Andrew. Yep. 